Rúna here and I have an important message for you. We're living in a turbulent times. Conflict and social unrest seems to be everywhere. And rapid technological changes are only adding to the culture of upheavals. Uncertainty about the future, about ourselves, loom large in the collective consciousness of humanity. But is there a realistic path towards liberation, peace and happiness for us all? Well, yes, according to myself and the co-author of the book, Story of Boxes, Nicholas Haynes, we feel so. The issue is that we all have tendency to think in boxes, mentally placing people's ideas and even objects like underpants into rigid categories. Some of these categories or boxes are good. They are a source of joy and comfort. Others are bad, responsible for creating immense pain, isolation and division in the world. And others, they're just plain ugly. Once you become aware of the boxes that rule your personal life, you can break out of the box-based thinking and live a life that is freer and happier. You are no longer caged in by the walls of mental boxes. By investigating our unconscious and conscious boxes and sharing inspirational stories and easy-to-grasp examples, this sometimes even funny book gives you a new way of thinking about reality. It explores some of humanity's most salient and enduring bosics, including genders, race, sexuality, religion and class, and gives you a key to unlock the boxes in your own mind. If you want to know more, please go to www.nomoreboxesmovement.com forward slash the book. And now let's continue with our podcast. You're listening to the Chainsmakers Podcast, where we share tips, insight, tools, and stories from other Chainsmakers designed to motivate you to become the change you want to see in your world. Make sure you join our Chainsmakers community at runamagnus.com forward slash podcast. And now, this is your time to sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hello there, beautiful people. It's Runa here again with yet another episode for the Chainsmakers podcast and a new guest. A guest that I believe is a very has a valuable story and a valuable insights that we, the Chainsmakers of this world, need to listen to and need to pay attention to. He's calling all the way from London in the UK, and I am actually going to give him the floor tell us a little bit about him for me he's harry the video guy who contacted me through facebook with video and he caught my attention so harry how would you introduce yourself thanks Bruno. well harry the video guy who contacted <laughs> me over facebook is not the usual introduction i prefer lord harry of england or <laughs> no harry is fine um, <laughs> well speaking of harry okay yeah, you have Megan somewhere around? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. No, I mean, it, within the context of change makers, I think really the most important thing to, to get across is that what we're trying to do is, is help organizations who are trying to improve the planet to get the word out. And yeah. the medium through which we're doing that is video mm-hmm. and 
there are a number of reasons why, but it's it's pretty obvious to most people. I think the latest numbers suggest that by the year 2020, so in about two years, 80% of all online traffic is going to be video. So what we're trying to do essentially is leverage exponential technologies in order to get change makers access to outstanding video production. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think this is one of those things that many people know that they should do, but they don't do it. What do you see are the most common things that are holding people back, holding change makers back? I mean, this is a fantastic way to be the change that you want to see in the world. What is holding change makers back, in your opinion? It's a good question. Money is obviously one, but it's becoming so much cheaper to make videos that it's almost like where our mindset is stuck five or 10 years ago, where we sort of think we need to write everything and we need need to have these face-to-face conversations. And of course, those are still important, but in the animation world, you're literally seeing a decrease in price by about 50% year on year. And that's in, in, in large part due to the, the rise of Disney and DreamWorks. They're creating all of these new animation technologies, which are very sophisticated. And then they sort of trickle down into the smaller studios. So now, you know, people like us and um, animators around the world can produce really quite high quality videos at a low cost. And then, the, you know, with, with film, we all know that on our camera phones, we have these whatever they are, like 300 megapixel cameras, and they look better than a Hollywood camera did 10 years ago. So there's no issue with the technology now. We all have that. It's kind of democratized. Yeah. What really, I think, holds people back is perhaps a fear that what you put out to the world isn't going to be received well. You know, it's kind of like standing in a crowd People don't even like talking in groups, but to put a video up there for all of the internet to see and comment on and troll and abuse in the comments columns is it's it's a it's a scary thing, I think, sort of psychologically, mm-hmm. um, and especially if you've invested lots of money into it and lots of time into it. Yeah, I think I think that's probably one of the keys. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with you. And I'm thinking back those times that I've been doing that myself and for the changemakers and in my business. Yeah, I can really relate to that. And at the same time, it's really as well, it's that time and space where you find yourself with something holding you back. But then when you take that little baby step forward, and it might take you ages to take that baby step in your head. But once you've done it, once you do it, it's like, uh, why didn't I do that before? Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those hidden things that you're kind of like stuck in a box and and you have to get out of it in order to make yourself fly because you have an important message that you want to share to the world and that message needs to be heard. Just spontaneously here. Now, if the Chainsmaker would be coming to you and we wanted to get our message about the No More Boxes movement and uh, the book that we are launching and, you know, what we're basically doing. Uh, tell me, take me through how will we work together? Sure, yeah. So what we do first is have a conversation about what it is that you want to do. Hmm. We put that together into a brief, a document, and then essentially that document gets sent out to many different 
video makers around the world. Ah. And part of why the process is valuable for change makers in particular is because the brief begins by being sent to the most highly qualified video makers. Mm -hmm. And if none of them are willing to do it, then it gets sent to the second tier and then the third tier and the fourth tier. And that's important, particularly in philanthropy, because you often find that if you're really making a difference, if you're doing something valuable for the world, mm -hmm. the fact that you don't have a huge amount of money doesn't mean that you can't find an amazing videographer who's going to help you. And, and, and especially because, you know, there's about a million videographers around the world available to hire on the internet. So you're, if, you're do, if you're genuinely doing something amazing, you're almost guaranteed to find somebody who's highly qualified who will help you on your, your yeah. sort of third sector budget. Yeah. So first, so obviously first you need to know what, what is my budget? And then you, you would, you know, I would come and I would, I would pitch this to you. You would put that out there. And, uh, and there is the ideal videographer that grabs that and comes with, what would I get? Would I, you know, at that time? Yeah. So then, so, so then what we'll do is start presenting ideas, video concepts, maybe a few different outlines. And it's really just a case of having a conversation between uh, yourself, the director, the Ample Earth team. And we, we just begin to put the pieces of the puzzle together. Mm, yeah. Now, I've been in the entrepreneurial world most of my adulthood life and, and worked a lot with startups. And one of the things that I've noticed is this lack of clarity. What am I really saying? What is the, the really the, the point that I want to take come across? Isn't that something that is a muddle for many? Hugely, yeah. I think I've heard it in the psychological literature called the, the burden of knowledge. Mm. When you've been working inside your operation day in, day out for so long that you actually literally unable to explain it in a way that a stranger would understand because it's mm. so permeated into the way that you think. Yeah. Uh, in a business that you start yourself, uh, in essence, is actually a manifestation of who you are. Mm -hmm. So looking at it objectively is, is very, very difficult. And that's really part of the value of having a director coming in from the outside because they can really get to the root of um, what it is that you're doing and find the, es the, the essence that's going to be powerful on the level of storytelling and narrative. And yeah. those guys, you know, it takes, that's a real skill. That takes decades of understanding philosophy and psychology and emotion and it really is worth getting somebody who knows what they're doing to, to have that conversation with you. Even if you think that you know what your business does or what your nonprofit does, it's likely that they can tell you better uh, what it is that you actually do. Yeah. So, so very true. So even looking at this journey as an opportunity to clarify those things for you, that is going to not only benefit through the video that you're going to be creating, it's also going to benefit on maybe even copy on the website or how I'm going to approach my social media followers or basically, yeah, because you, you're right. You do get into that. You stop seeing anything. It just, you become so clinged to what it is that you're doing. And okay, so we got the ideas, we got the, the right videographer who is going to take on the project. What happens after that? Yes, yeah, so then it's a cloud-based collaboration. So unlike when you might make a video traditionally with someone in your town or city that you would go to a building and then 
write on pieces of paper and post-it notes and talk in, in the same room, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The entire office is in the cloud. So there's a video conferencing system and sort of drag and drop pieces of artwork and music soundtracks and all that. So it's essentially the same as a physical studio, but in the cloud. Yeah. And that comes with its downsides. You know, I, I'm not going to pretend that it's it's better to not to be working face to face, but it's a cost saving thing. You know, yeah. you're talking about saving upwards of 80% on actually hiring a studio and paying for rent and electricity and bills and all that kind of stuff. And even though you miss out on that face-to-face communication, you end up saving a huge amount of money yourself and you can invest that into actually making a better video. So it's, mm. it's a compromise, but it's, I mean, that's, that's kind of what we do. Yeah. So, okay. So that sounds like me as your client, or if I would be your client, I have access to this myself and I can even, I can edit. Yes. As yeah, I, no, I mean, you have access to like the, the, the whole thing. You can yeah. log in your on your mobile device you can see exactly what's going on at all stages you can provide feedback anytime talk to the directors anytime you can see exactly what's going on so yeah it's it's all sort of fully transparent and controllable from remote device all the way from iPhone. (laughs) so that would sound like then you know once you have that in place you have the space to explore and see and edit and all of those things till it's the final look that you then use on whatever platform you're going to use the the video for right i understood the question no i mean i'm just thinking the step after that so i have it in the clouds then i the project is finished we've Mm -hmm. edited it's it's well like i want it to be and i can basically put it on my website or 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 how whatever i want to use it right yeah is it another step that i'm not thinking about well so i mean the the wider process of marketing the video is uh equally important to the actual creation process itself and should actually be done in conjunction. So when you're creating the video, it's important to think about, you know, where are your audience? Are they watching it on a mobile device uh, or are they watching it on TV? Are they watching it on YouTube? Uh, What time, you know, that is a hugely important determining factor. I mean, the amount of patience people have for watching promotional video is well the larger the screen essentially the more time they'll be happy to invest so people will go to the cinema they'll go half an hour early and very happily watch the adverts before because (laughs) they don't really have any control over it we actually quite like that but when we watch tv you know we might watch it for a few seconds but we're probably going to fast forward through it by the time you get down to a mobile device it's like your thumb is right there and you're going to give it half a second and if not you'll just get rid straight away so thinking about what kind of device your video is going to be seen on is is hugely important before you make it and then the strategy for promotion when it's finished is you know that if you don't do that you're essentially wasting all of the investment that you've put into creating it and we don't do that ourselves because it, it marketing in general just has a huge number of avenues and variables and we don't think that it's we're trying to specialize in video alone yeah exactly but making the point how important it is in the beginning to know what it's going to be used for is essential Mm -hmm. so that you're making the most out of your money harry tell me why is it for you important to work with change makers i mean what does that give you personally back Mm. you know i 
I used to think I knew why it is that I do the things that I do. Yeah. But more and more, if I investigate the underlying thoughts and beliefs uh, that have led me to where I am in my life now, I find it to be pretty confusing. I could look back in hindsight at particular moments in my life and decisions left or right, forward or back that I took, and they took me in this path or this direction. But, you know, in the end, it seems to me that life is too complicated to really draw a coherent map of why it is that I, I mean, if we're talking right now, Runa, how could I possibly explain this? I just don't know. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just wondering, is it a difference for you working with change makers or, or just basically doing your work overall? Is there a difference? Who is your client? I guess. And that's what I'm asking you. Yeah. Well, I mean, there has been a, a general evolution in my thinking. I mean, I came out of university uh, with the conception that nonprofits were the light and we should all work for nonprofits and we should get rid of evil corporate business. And, you know, as I think a lot of university students do. And gradually I sort of came to see the hypocrisy in that using my smartphone and traveling in trains and all, all this kind of stuff. So, you know, now it really, it comes down to people for me. Mm. And I think using the word good change maker is pretty ambiguous and to suddenly say that something is good an organization is good and another organization is bad puts you in this position of moral arbiter which frankly I'm not sure many humans have the wisdom or wherewithal to make that decision again it's it's just too complicated the the potential outcomes of any process are infinite mm. and you saying something is good or bad is I mean, it's a, it's a little bit arrogant, in, in my opinion. Yeah, it sounds like this is your way of not putting yourself and, and other people into boxes. So being open for what is coming along and not judging. That's what I'm hearing when you're saying that. Yeah, hmm. very, very interesting. I was also thinking about as we're going talking about the, the procedure and to do all these things that I, like I said before, it's really important for for people in the in the change makers industry and people that want to do good things in this world to move forward but what led you into this business can you share with us your story yeah well so i studied politics and international development at university mm. and was sort of exposed to the nonprofit world and then i studied journalism following that and i sort of had this idea that maybe i would go and report on troubles in various parts of the country, travel the world. And, you know, I became a bit disenchanted with journalism, to be honest. I only wrote one story after university and then I quit. So uh, probably amongst the shortest careers. Uh, <laughs> I think partially because I saw the rise of new media. So online videos, tablets overtaking conventional newspapers. And... I don't know if you come across the rise of the, the intellectual dark web. Are you aware of that? In, yeah. In yeah. Yes. So, I, I mean, I've been on that um, trail of breadcrumbs since for the last five or six years. I saw that coming. Um, the internet is essentially a giant filtering device where the most valuable and truthful and useful content rises to the top. Mm. And to me, there was no way that the, the national newspapers in Britain were going to 
end up winning that battle in large in large part mm-hmm. uh, yeah as video was on the rise and we saw an opportunity to leverage the the, the global market and that's about all I could do to answer that question. Yeah, that's a beautiful way. And, and maybe my, my final question here, what is the change that you want to see then in your industry, in your world? And what do you see that your role is going to be in order to create that change? I think when it comes down to it, there's a conflict at a sort of metaphysical level. Mm-hmm. Um, some people think that life is about peace and love and harmony and friendship and all of those kind of good things and then on the other hand you're sort of confronted with the harsh reality the darkness of life where there is war and famine and adventure and heroism and and, and death and killing and murder and all of these things i think the question of what to do about life is perhaps not answerable in in a way that is easily translated from person to person but you as an individual can take on board the challenges that have been presented to you mm-hmm. and, and, and rise to them to the best mm-hmm. of your ability. And ultimately, you're going to be the arbiter of, of how well you've, you've done that. Mm. So the change that you want to see is more people being understanding that? Or? I think it'll take a while for more people to understand that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I, I mean, ultimately, the work that we're trying to do is about the elimination of needless suffering. Yeah, Uh, I I would love to see a world where there's enough food and there's clean water and and transportation and upward mobility and, you know, rainforest and and less animal extinctions, all of these things. Um, But there is there is a larger, I think, a larger metaphysical journey at work and that's something we're all on and that's maybe the more difficult thing to communicate it is it is often more really difficult to communicate that's true it's also really interesting when we start to look at it isn't it from our own perspective like you're saying and we start to look at okay what is it that i want to change in my world because you mentioned it some of us are seeing the world through the filter of love and harmony and others are seeing it through the harshness of war and hatred um, so it's a really interesting topic and it's one of the topics that we are constantly talking about in that change makers podcast and to look at how can we as individuals be the change that we want to see in our world. So I encourage our listener to think about that question for yourself. What is the change that you want to see in your world and what do you see as your role in creating that change? It's something that I think it's good to ponder on. So Harry, the guy who contacted me from Facebook, Thank you so much for being a guest at the Changemakers podcast. Well, so it's been a pleasure, Runa. Thank you for having me. Was this podcast of value for you? I sure hope so. If so, feel free to share the love and give us your generous review on iTunes or Stitcher. And remember that you can always go to runamagnus.com to find out more about the Changemakers and how we can help you drive the change you want to see in